The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is Dustin Baker. He's been on the show in the past, and he used to write for us here at the Viking Age. He's been always writing for sites like Vikings Territory and FranchiseTag.com, and he hosts the Vikings podcast of his own called the Believe in Vikings podcast. It's with former Vikings offensive tackle Bryant McKinney. So welcome back to the show, Dustin. I am honored to be here and I'm I'm excited to get caught up with you because it's been about two two or three months since you and I chatted um on air about some of the Viking stuff. So oh, yeah. I'm excited I'm excited to pick your brain. Don't, vice don't worry, versa. I'll, I'll make sure we we catch up. Yeah. Um let's see. I wanted to get into this uh, this Randy Moss Tyreek Hill talk, but there was uh, some news that came out today that the Vikings were that they met with a veteran free agent corner used to play for the Chiefs, uh, Bashad Breland. Um, this is after they traded Mike Hughes to the Chiefs. So, so my question is to you: Is are you surprised that the Vikings are just just going out now and looking? at veteran free agent corners given, you know, maybe the the uncertainty surrounding Jeff Gladney, maybe some durability issues concerning Cameron Dantzler. Does this does this reported meeting surprise you? No, not in the slightest. Um, we've heard it from the horse's mouth with Zimmer. 
Uh, he said in a presser about a week ago that you can never have too many because they always find a way to get hurt. And our running joke, which is substantiated, is that Zimmer loves his corners almost to a fetish type of thing. And so I feel that there will be another one added. And I've, I've written about the topic and Breland was even one of the candidates, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's not really a set the world on fire type of dude in terms of, you know, his PFF grade or anything like that. But we wouldn't need him to be because we already have guys like Patrick Peterson and Dantzler who we expect to set the world on fire. So uh, with McKenzie Alexander back, presumably for the nickel duty, I think that a Breland type or Breland himself, especially since he met with them, um, would be fabulous uh, in the light of the Gladney uncertainty. Because I, for the life of me, can't find any hints as to what's going on there because my knee jerk reaction is to say, get the hell away from the guy. We don't want Mm -hmm. anything to do with that. But then nothing has happened. So I don't know if it was overblown. I don't know if uh, there is behind the scenes deals going on. So I'm trying to be objective because everybody deserves their day in court. Mm-hmm. But then uh, obviously you and I and hopefully all males don't tolerate women right. abusers. So right. uh, it's dicey territory to opine on the Gladney stuff. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll certainly endorse a, a Breland signing. And hey, we're going to have 15 million bucks in about a week and a half to sp- spend money on. And it's, it's un- unlikely that we put it under the mattress. 15 million? I thought it was only eight. I thought it was just from uh, Rudolph. No, the grand total is supposed to be about Oh, 14. the total. Okay, yeah. yeah so they're going to get 8 million more. Okay, all right. Yep. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, it's not surprising. I'm just, um, I'm curious to see if they bring Breland in, like what his role would be because he... He's started 88 games in, in his career. Mm-hmm. He's not coming in to be uh, depth. Um, and I would wonder if they would bring him in to maybe compete with maybe Mackenzie Alexander is that depth guy because Breland is, he's at his best. I know he can play on the outside, but he's at his best in the slot. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that would work out if, the, if he actually came in to the Vikings. Uh, but let's get into what happened on Wednesday where everyone just, you know, just, this take just blew the top off of, of all of Vikings Twitter. Uh, some analyst from PFF, I'm not even going to say his name because it's just a trash take, uh, said that Tyreek Hill might be the best deep threat in NFL history. Um, obviously, this led to Vikings fans swarming the internet to remind everyone that Hill doesn't even come close to the elite deep threat that Randy Moss was during his time in the league. So aside from the numbers, though, but what what is it? What was it about Moss, in your opinion, that made him the best deep threat in NFL history? Um, that he was like a gymnast, and I had never seen that. Um, so it was the allure of... I became a Vikings fan in 1996 when I found out uh, we were moving to Minneapolis from a, a brief stop in Houston, Texas. <laughs> we were Oilers season ticket holders then, Ooh. and that was during a terrible era of Oiler football. <laughs> right they before moved, Mc- and they moved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right before McNair got there, it was this Cody Carlson. Uh, Billy Joe Tolliver was their quarterback. So oh, it was boy. nasty. So it was easy to find a new team. And hey, we were moving to Minneapolis. So I started cheering for them in 97. And they made the playoffs and won this really sweet underrated playoff game against the Giants. And then they drafted Moss. And that just changed everything. So uh, I like the first of his kind type of feel that he forever eternally exudes about, uh, you know, just being like he would run like this antelope. um, Mm -hmm. But then, you know, he could jump like Michael Jordan. So, yeah, it was basically the way that he changed the game to the eye test. And, of course, the numbers bear out with all of the deep catches 
And on the on the PFF guy, so the one that that had, I don't even know if he said in a podcast or if he wrote about it, but yeah. you know, we, we had the picture and he yeah. said that. Yeah. And uh, so he's a college analyst, and okay. I think he's about 22, 23, 24. Uh, okay. right. Yep. So I I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that his his scope is that you know Tyreek Hill is so fast and you know his supreme quarterback that he just leaked it out there and not even like hy- hyperbole, uh, but. And then there was uh, on my podcast, I have Sal Spice, uh, Sally from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. She was like, why do you guys even get into this? Why don't you just ignore it? And I was like, because we look like fools if we ignore it. We mm-hmm. have to, we yeah, have to can't. rally the troops. Yeah. And yeah, it just everywhere you went, all of a sudden, Deshaun Jackson's highlights were popping mm-hmm. up and all this. So yeah, it was just a call to arms to defend our guy. And yeah, so that that gentleman got what he wanted, I think. Um, or if he didn't, it was an accident. Then he sure got the wrath of God. And listen, BFF knew what they were doing. They knew yeah. that this take was not going to be, you know, well taken by the rest of society. Uh, mm-hmm. And they put that out there. They knew it was going to get a lot of traction, negative or positive these days. It doesn't <laughs> really matter as long as you get eyes on what, what you, on your site. And then I noticed the rest of that day, they were like, oh, Brandy Moss, look at all these highlights of Brandy Moss. PFF, he's one of the, or like the Vikings have two of the top highest graded receivers. I'm like, oh yeah, now now you're sucking up to the Vikings <laughs> fans all day with all these these graphics. I see how it is. Yeah, and and we have we have those too in our Vikingsville. We have uh, entities that will just you know plaster a headline on a meme looking thing, and it says so and so says that Julio Jones might be traded to the Vikings. What is your hot take on that? Or there was a gentleman yeah. that suggested that we should straight up trade Kirk Cousins for Jameis Winston at his low point last off season. In- oh yes, that was from yeah. PFF. Yeah, and so 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 it, it's not like it's uh, a rest of the world against the Vikings. We do it internally too. So I take it with a grain of salt. It's fun to write about too. Mm-hmm. It, it makes money, and so I get in on the fun. But it's just so self evident that Moss is superior to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill would have to do this for another decade to be in the Moss mm-hmm. conversation, probably break Moss's single season touchdown record, and then do something like do this cheetah thing that he does for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I see seedlings of uh, him being definitely one of the the top deep threats of all time based on the speed. Oh, yeah. But it's just way too early to proclaim that. And to answer Sally's question, the reason why we, you know, even dabble into this stuff is because it's, what, May 20th? <laughs> there's nothing to talk about this is like this was like gold this was like yep. oh okay good we have like a whole day we can stretch this out into two or three yep. maybe <clears throat> so this this is the off season we need stuff like this so when something pops up like that you know people who who write for a living like you or i or talk on podcasts mm-hmm. this was gold this is yep this is- same thing same thing at the turn of the month in february 1st when it was leaked by Eric Massey, is that his first name? When he said that, look for Cousins to be traded. To oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a bonanza for <laughs> for Vikings territory and beyond mm-hmm. uh, because the ties to Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we never had any any type of verifiable verbal proof that the Vikings were looking to move on. But we also didn't have that for Diggs. So, uh, yeah, right. it, those those rumor mill things really do ignite. And this is sports. We, we get obsessed with them. We talk about the what ifs. So, yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's been a while, like you mentioned, since I had you on the show. So I figured we'd just go over a few of the top things that went on the Vikings offseason. So yeah. so what did you think about the guys they added in, in free agency this year? Were there any signings that maybe confused you? Or were you disappointed about maybe some of the guys they didn't end up with? You know, were you happy? What What was your reaction to the guys? I, 
<clears throat> I'll start with disappointments, um, and these still could be rectified because of the aforementioned 15 million. I am skittish about the notion that we're going to trust Stephen Weatherly or Patrick Jones or uh, Jalen Holmes to be the answer at right defensive end. And it's not because those are mid-tier players. It's because we don't know what we're getting back with Daniil Hunter. <clears throat> Our euphemistic approach is that, well, yeah, we get this machine back in Hunter and he'll generate the pass rush all by himself. And then, hey, Michael Pierce is a pretty good uh, nose tackle for you know rushing the passer. And then Dalvin mm -hmm. Tomlinson, too. So I get that in the middle that they're beefy and they can rush the passer a bit, but <clears throat> it's going to be predicated on Daniil Hunter being the one that we know. And if he either misses a little bit of time or he's not quite as good in his first year back, we don't have an Everson Griffin on the other side to make up for it. We have somebody that we hope will benefit from the presence of Daniil Hunter. Uh, so I, I've hoped throughout the entire rumor mill of free agency that they would get a notable right defensive end, even if that was bringing Everson Griffin back on a one-year thing. Uh, right now, Melvin Ingram's still out there, and so is Justin Houston. So that's the thing I'm disappointed mm -hmm. is that right now it's kind of a, a, the wait and see what they do at right defensive end. I'm not used to that from a Zimmer defense. Um, what I did like is that I believe Zimmer had like this in the pit of his stomach, uh, like never wants to see his defense look like that again. And so Spielman listened to him and went out and had a completely defensive free agency. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, not a new single offensive free agent was signed. Uh, Mason Cole was traded for for a six-round mm -hmm. pick for about four weeks. We thought he was going to be the piecemealed solution at guard. Turns out that was probably false. So I like that they systemically addressed the defense and then left the offense to the draft. I was skittish that you know we weren't sure what we were going to get out of the draft and we were just going to leave uh, the offensive line per usual as this trashy outfit. But no, I'm completely reversed there because... Uh, in the last four drafts, we've spent high draft capital on rebuilding this offensive line from scratch in a homegrown way. So from left to right, you'll have Darasaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, uh, Davis, and O'Neal. And to me, I think that will actually work. And it's we can be done with the, well, maybe Elfline can play left card. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad those days seem to be over. I hope they don't uh, do anything funky in camp. Uh, so I liked the offseason. I liked uh, Patrick Peterson. I like how he's wrapped his arms around the Vikings, mm -hmm. whether it's social media or the videos that we watch. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem like a guy that's coming in to just be there for the ride. It seems like he's like, all right, this is going to be my defense because they need a boisterous leader. They've got a bunch of strong, silent types in uh, Harrison Smith and Kendricks is kind of in the middle. Um, but I love the fact that Peterson will bring the veteran presence. I like bringing McKenzie Alexander back. And then uh, I had no clue whatsoever we would sign Dalvin Tomlinson to be a three-tech. Right. Uh, but but I do like it, and I trust Zimmer there. So, yes, I do like the offseason, and particularly uh, the fact that we, you know, maybe we'll get into the draft stuff. But I like how the draft transpired. Yeah, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned the guys they drafted for the offensive line. They drafted different kinds of offensive linemen than they typically yeah. do, like, Big dudes. Yeah. Uh, I just wrote an article about how the Vikings were the skinniest team in the NFL last year uh, <laughs> in terms of like average BMI. They had the really? the lightest uh, team tied with the 49ers in the NFL last year, which makes sense because they were just manhandled in pass protection and then they couldn't really stop the run. Things obviously would have been different if they had Michael Pierce on the field probably last year, mm -hmm. but they had Shamar Stefan and Jaleel, Jaleel Johnson in there and they weren't really moving a whole lot of people and it just uh you could tell that when, when i saw that i was like oh yeah that makes sense because they just they, they were getting manhandled last year
Support for the Viking Age podcast is brought to you today by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave, clean, and dry. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The Vikings said goodbye to... A bunch of longtime contributors as well as well this offseason, including Riley Reef, Kyle Rudolph, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, and uh, the future Hall of Famer Shamar Stefan. Um, <laughs> is there a player departure that maybe concerns you? Should the Vikings have tried to keep any of the guys they let go this year? After the fact, when I saw the deals that Wilson and Harris got um, that were not breaking in the bank. You kind of start to think, well, God, we have 15 million coming up on the docket. Mm-hmm. Is there a way we could have convinced them to stay? Um, but then I, I don't lose sleep over that. Um, it was kind of weird. They both went to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't my favorite destination. Um, but I talked with Anthony Harris on our show about three weeks ago, and we had a kumbaya of him uh, leaving. And of course, it was just the business aspect. Uh, I'll miss Rudolph, but I also won't rule out the fact that he'll come back. It seems like he could be a one hit wonder in New York and then want to retire with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in that mm-hmm. diminished role because God, the guy guy's hands are just legendary. I'll I'll always admire how I would tell my wife when she got into football over these past six years. When we got inside the twenty, I'm like, this is Rudolph territory. Yeah. She's like, I get it. This is Rudolph territory, and she would even <laughs> say it. So I will miss Rudolph, and I think every Viking fan on earth will miss Rudolph. But none of the guys that they have lost, unlike the 2019 off season, um, am I like, yeah. oh God, what's yeah. it gonna be like? Because they replaced. Uh, Harris with Xavier Woods, who mm-hmm. we think will uh, have a nice second act with Zimmer's tutelage. Um, but last year, if if you and I had been on a podcast, I would have been like, I don't know, man. I trust Zimmer, and I, I hope that it'll work. And maybe it would have with all the injuries, but we lost a boatload of dudes, influential, impactful men last mm-hmm. year. And this year is a little bit different because, A, it wasn't a, just a mass exodus, and then, B, we've taken strides to systemically replace them. So, um there wasn't anything about departures that I was like, oh, boy. And they can actually practice on the field this year, unlike last <laughs> year when they had all those newcomers and they had to wait until training camp, basically, to practice. They had no preseason. So it wasn't really the greatest year. to. Ha- I think they had 15 draft picks last year. It wasn't really the greatest year to have 15 rookies come in and replace guys like Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph uh, and Xavier Rose. Just uh didn't work out the way I think mm-hmm. the Vikings were, were hoping it would. You mentioned uh, Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson both going to the Eagles. The I believe their defensive coordinator is the former assistant defensive backs coach for the Vikings. So that's their their ties to uh, the oh, Eagles. Okay. So because um, he used to be he was with the Colts last year. I think he was like the defensive uh, backs coach for the Colts. So that's why Xavier Rhodes went there. 
Okay. Um, and I think he's going to have a similar scheme yeah. in Philadelphia. So that's, I think that's probably their familiar, familiarity uh, with that dude is why they went to the Eagles and probably just because they wanted to pay them more, more than anyone else who uh, yeah. uh, wanted to go. But uh, okay, so this happened more recently, mm-hmm. uh, the NFL draft. Yep. Uh, you were there actually mm-hmm. yep. in what Cleveland. Um, so what did you think about the players the Vikings added during this year's draft? Were you disappointed as some were when they didn't try and trade up to draft Justin Fields? No, not trading <laughs> up, but there, I was in that massive crowd and in, in the mass of a crowd in Cleveland mm-hmm. um, with all the vaccinated folks and, there was a, which you probably felt at home, a tangible sense of about maybe 15 minutes where it felt like the chessboard was aligning that way, mm-hmm. that he was going to fall organically to the Vikings. And I started to say, all right, this is happening. Um, I'll have to deal with the Cousins versus Fields things for probably, God, at least a year. And they would have been even louder than you could imagine with this Mon stuff that, that mm-hmm. will come up. Um, but I was getting used to the idea that, all right, we're going to be one of those teams that tries this, that's going to do the Mahomes into Alex Smith type of arrangement. And uh, I didn't have any cell service in the crowd, or when I did, it would just try to load. So I was trying to keep up on Twitter with, is there any insider noise about mm-hmm. this? Uh, but it just was not a fruitful endeavor refreshing the the feed. So I had to learn about it just in the mass of people. And uh, then Fields went to, as soon as, I'm sure, you know, as soon as the Bears traded up, it was like, oh, there oh, yeah. it is. There yeah, it yeah. comes. And uh, there, I know there were some folks that were not happy about that. The Vikings should have done that. Um, but I, I I knew, and he even like almost said it. Spielman said he was going to be trading back. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not married to the 14th pick. Mm-hmm. And you knew darn well. We thought he was going to try to get back in the second round. But the strategy this year was to get two third rounders. So lo and behold, the Jets traded up nine spots for a guard mm-hmm. who most folks thought that we were going to draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought there was a reasonable chance Darasaw would land to us at 14. Right. And so when he continued to slide, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then then I would have been pissed had they not picked Darasaw at 23 mm-hmm. and done something goofy like trade back again. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't know about all of the folks that were disgruntled about trading back <laughs> oh, it was until bad. I got back to our hotel room yeah. and it looked like everybody was like, you know, F word this, blah, 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 that. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Like they, like they thought trading back was like just this concession. Like, yep, no thanks. And uh, then lo and behold, he turned it into uh, Derisaw, Mond, and Davis. So um, yes, I, I, I would have embraced Fields with open arms just like I would with any Vikings quarterback. Um, but uh, hopefully he sucks for the Bears. Well, I mean, first off, the thing on Fields, first off, it's the Bears who traded up to draft him. And the last quarterback they traded up to draft was Mitchell Trubisky. Mm -hmm. They also traded for Nick Foles. So I'm not so sure on their quarterback, you know, evaluations, how strong they are. Also, who's the last Big Ten quarterback to, like, be successful? Tom Brady is like, Tom Brady, I think Drew Brees played in the Big Ten. Yep, like, there haven't been a lot of Big no. Ten quarterbacks, especially Ohio State ones. Yeah, I mean, maybe Justin Fields can be better. Um, you know, there's there's guys that have defied the odds or whatever at certain schools. Obviously, you know, we didn't think Josh Allen was going to be amazing coming out of Wyoming. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really a powerhouse school and and stuff like that. But a lot of the top quarterbacks coming out of like the Big Twelve or, yeah. or the SEC or even the ACC. Not a whole lot coming out of the Big Ten, so I'm not I'm I'm not like 
super disappointed that the Vikings didn't go after Fields, mostly because they were able to trade back, and they still landed a quarterback <laughs> in Kellen Mond, who, one, if he isn't their starter in the future, he's at least a way, way better backup than mm-hmm. Sean Mannion <laughs> was ever going to be. If yeah. if Cousins goes down for some reason, he hasn't gone down like ever in his career as a starter. If he goes down, we're going to feel a lot better with Kellen Mond in there oh, well, than, than Sean Mannion. I think, think we are. Think well, no, we, well, at least for ten minutes we will. Yeah, I mean, think, yeah, yeah. think about the difference if something nasty happens to Cousins injury wise in that period of three, four, five minutes until the offense gets the ball back. Every single one of us we message each other saying this is it. Yeah, like yeah. The, the season is cooked. If it would have been Mannion, which was always so weird, why they left that to chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it'll have that Bridgewater from Castle feel where we're like. Well, we, we, me, I, we like cousins, but what? Or even Bradford to Keenum. (laughs) Like, you're like, maybe he could do it. Yeah. And then so with this, this mobile quarterback thing and this youthful pizzazz, and it'll be the anti manion where we'd have been like, well, Mm -hmm. that's it, folks. What are we going to write about for the rest of the year? And then it'll be the opposite with Mond. It'll be like, we get to see him in week three. Oh my goodness. All right, let's see what he's got. And it'll be really exciting. Mm -hmm. And so it's two different worlds there. So to your point about, even if he doesn't turn out to be a top 10 quarterback, at least we can uh, be excited about uh, the prognosis if something happens to cousin. Yeah. Cause I've seen things about how the Vikings have drafted people that like still are in development and stuff. And and Mon is mentioned and I'm like, yeah, but they needed a better backup quarterback. So they kind of fill the need with that right there. Not just they didn't get him to be a starter right away. Nobody, nobody did, but he fills the need of being the backup because Jake Browning, Nate Stanley. No, they're not. They're, <laughs> they're not going to be the backup. Um, but speaking of Mond, will he be the Vikings starter in 2022? No, not 2022. No. I, okay. I'm of the opinion. I'm going to, I'm going to buy into the even year odd year voodoo. Uh, I think that the Vikings, especially with Rodgers and his uh, fiasco, uh, I think that especially if he leaves, then we have to win the division. I mean, Zimmer would absolutely have to win the division if there's no Rodgers in there. Um, and I think that with this offensive line, it'll, it'll take a few weeks. Temper your expectations, folks. It's probably not going to be absolutely delicious in the first two weeks, even though we'll we'll convince ourselves that it will be. Um, but I think once it gets rocking and rolling, that will. Uh, it feels like a million years ago that the Zimmer defense was good because we all endured that hell in 2020. But uh, we'd have to operate under the idea that Zimmer is just inept at defense uh, to think that it can't get back to where it was. I believe the injuries really did do the dagger to the defense in 2020. So foremost, I trust the Zimmer defense. And then uh, I know what Cousins brings to the table. I think he's a top 12 quarterback. And I the difference between me and the naysayers on Cousins is I think that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks think we have we need to go draft our Mahomes, and that's a simple thing to do. Um, but I, I'll never pretend that Cousins is a top five dude. There are stretches in the month of November where he looks like he's a top five dude. Um, so I believe we'll see Cousins' best season this year because we'll finally have some decent pass at protection all we want it to be is average mm-hmm. we don't want to be at the very bottom of the league like we always are with pass protection so i think that will click i'm starting to think that our record will be somewhere in that 11 to 6 uh maybe if rogers isn't there 12 and 5 so i mm-hmm. think we'll get there and i believe that kirk will show enough a playoff appearance hopefully playoff win that uh he will continue on with the vikings um even though i will just like the rest of you guys 
I'll have this morbid curiosity about Mond. Like we didn't think Dak Prescott was ready when he was selected. He was supposed to be raw and Tony Romo was definitely the incumbent. And then Romo got hurt and Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. So I will have that inside of me like, wow, what if Mond is ready right now? We'll never know. And you trade uh, him and get it for something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'll, I'll, I, that will bug me because we're, we we're graced right now with a good quarterback and cousins mm-hmm. That uh, just kind of like the Justin Herbert Terod Taylor thing, where it only happened because the guy got stabbed in the lung, oh, and, and then he won Rookie of the Year. So um, we'll see a little bit in preseason what Mond is made of, but I, I would be curious that what could he do if Mond was the guy? That is so crazy that that's how Justin Herbert got his his start. It's because the doctor punctured uh, uh, what. Tyrod Taylor's lung when he was giving him some sort of shot or yep. something. It's like, <laughs> I remember oh. it viv- vividly because I have I, I I commission a twenty team fantasy football league, mm-hmm. and uh, when you do a league like that, the quarterbacks you have to really really get scrappy with your plan. So I had Drew Locke and Tyrod Taylor, mm. and I started Tyrod Taylor mm. that week, <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it on Red Zone, and then boom, Herbert walks out, and they're like, yeah, and a very last-minute scratch, they're going to Herbert. I was like, oh, <laughs> lovely. I'm sure a lot of people who actually like pay big money to play fantasy football were not happy uh, with that day either. Yeah, they... They rarely break those types of last minute injuries. Yeah. They rarely go to like the final second of kickoff. And this one did. That's going to be something like in 15 years when people read about it and they're like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. It always happens to Tarad too. He, he, right? He's, yeah. He's become this parody patch over guy. He, uh, he's had an interesting career and now he's in Houston, possibly replacing Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Vikings schedule was recently released. Yep. Um, it's always an exciting time to just go over it and try and predict all the, uh, the wins and the losses. I, I listened to your, your most recent episode and you asked Brian McKinney about it and like mm-hmm. if he actually looks at it and goes through it with wins and losses and he said, yes, he yeah. does too. So that was, <laughs> was awesome. funny to learn. That he's, you know, most of the players are the same as us. Um, but after you saw the schedule, did you feel better or worse about Minnesota's chances to get back to the playoffs next season? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't like the last four games, as I said on that show that you listened to. Mm-hmm. I don't like Bears doubled up and then Packers and Rams. I don't like that one bit. Um, I get, I, we already knew who the opponents were going yeah. to be. Uh, I guess I was indifferent. We, that, okay. The way that we look at the schedule right now will not be the way we look at it in six months. A lot oh, of no, stuff, yeah. stuff will have happened. Uh, I know it's a tough schedule. Um, I, I firmly grasp There's a very that. big factor that could change in like a month for, you know, the what? NFC North. What's that? A certain Packers quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know how that one's going to play right. out. Uh I, I think I skimmed today that maybe Rodgers just wants more money. And it's like, well, that's not what you said <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> uh, so I guess I, I was slightly more encouraged now that I got to see the tangible schedule on paper. Um, I'll tell this group of listeners that I'm ticked that they're playing on Halloween night uh, because you're you're a dad, Adam. And uh, yes, I, 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 yep. I can't in good faith choose the Vikings football game because I go to all the home games. I can't choose that over Halloween because it's my children's you know, formative years and one of them's 10, one of them's 4. The 10-year-old's not going to give a damn about Halloween in about mm-hmm. 2 or 3 years. So I will ultimately choose uh, Halloween. Uh, so I wasn't thrilled that they they had to do that. Uh, but when you're season ticket holder sometimes... Cowboys, right? 
And so, yep, it's the cowboy game. And I'm, I'm going to try to maybe convince my kids. Can we go do like some sort of trunk or treat the night before? <laughs> and then you can see all these Vikings like weirdos mm-hmm. in their weird costumes. Uh, but it ultimately will be up to them. So, yeah, I mean, the schedule, it is it is what it is, so to speak. And uh, I just don't like having to go to Lambeau and it's going to be at night and cold. And if they have Rogers, of course, they're going to win. So, yeah, they get to play in Chicago and uh yeah. Green Bay, I think, in December and January. So that'll be, yeah. at, and both at night. So that'll be good. Then it won't <laughs> be cold at all. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but in Peter King's, I think his most recent column, he said that the Vikings were actually originally slated to play oh, yeah. the 49ers in week one. I think they're playing them in like week 12 now or something. Um, would you have rather had them instead of the Bengals? Because I think if you play the 49ers in week one, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be the starter. But yeah. if you're playing the Niners in week 12 now, Trey Lance could be the starter by then. No, I like the fact that we can... Uh, it's it, Folks aren't mentioning this, but this is a mini revenge game for Zimmer. Uh, oh, I, know yeah. that, I know that those guys think about that. Um, not, not that he has any desire to stick it to them. They left, <laughs> they left um, on good terms. Uh, but uh, it's just the way it is. He looks at it. He's like, you know, going back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be well, he lives there. Yeah. Oh, does he? Just outside. Okay. That's where his ranch is, like just oh, outside yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. I, get, I knew of the ranch. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was outside That's Cincinnati. So this will be his first time going back there. So I think there'll be added incentive to beat him. We'll, we'll get a, a shaky burrow, hopefully. And uh, I, I like the Vikings' chances in that game. As for uh, Lance or Garoppolo, yeah, there's something to be said by that. They could be cooking by that time. Um, but if I would have saw the 49ers... Week one, I've been like, oh god, zero and one, really. Uh, <laughs> so I'm more content with doing the one and zero out of the gate. And- also, yeah, you get if you get the 49ers in week one, they're fully healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, based on the last couple of years, again, week twelve, like half the roster is going to be injured <laughs> yeah. by the time you play them. So yeah, maybe maybe week twelve isn't so bad. Um, so let's see, we we already talked about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and he could possibly be gone. So I'm just going to ask you just straight up: Will Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers be? Green Bay starting quarterback when the Vikings take them on next year. The thing, gosh, I will. Um, I'll say no. And Ooh. I wrote about this about two weeks ago that Rogers has every platform available to tweet, to hold a press conference, mm-hmm. to say all this stuff that these guys have said is false. I love this town. I love these fans. And he hasn't said that. And he's just kind of a free thinker mm-hmm. of his own. That uh, all of the stuff that. Is transpired sounds like him doing it like you know disenchanted dis- with the fact that they don't add weapons drafting mm-hmm. a quarterback not even telling him which i just love to death <laughs> uh i do I, I i just every time i think about it i smile uh the, the, he the one team that didn't give the respect to their quarterback and the bears the called andy dalton yeah yeah uh so i i i forecasted that rogers would leave the packers Last year, when they drafted Love, I was like, all right, this is a team that knows how to do quarterback stuff. They've done it for 30 years. Uh, so they're good. this is probably the last year with Rodgers. And then my dumb ass didn't realize he'd come out and win an MVP. Right. And I had to eat a lot of crow over that, and I was perfectly content doing it because he had a wonderful year. Yeah. So I thought all of the stuff that I had written about possible destinations, this was last July, I thought he would go to the Raiders because Gruden absolutely loves him. Right. Um, Rodgers won a town. I thought that he would have a normal Rodgers year at that point, which probably would have been 30 touchdowns, eight picks, and then Packers would have went to Jordan Love, but it was the opposite. He had a Herculean year, and uh, 
then he had that press conference after they lost the Bucks, where he sounded like his three of his dogs died on the same day. And then I was like, well, God, maybe I was right. And then it died down. And it was turns out he was just dejected about losing like everybody would be. And then I'm driving to Cleveland and I don't have uh, any Twitter. Uh, at least I'm not checking it while I'm driving. I can't find any sports radio. Finally find one about two hours outside of Cleveland. And they're like, Bedlam in Green Bay. And I'm like, what? I've been away from my phone for like the first time in a so year. And Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded. So, yes, I, I think the, the Broncos makes too much sense. Um, they passed on fields. Uh, and that Mark Schlereth guy was guaranteeing Broncos <laughs> fans that he was going to be traded on draft night. Um, I just think that it's too peculiar. And that general manager has too much hubris that they would have had a kumbaya by now. And I'll reiterate to you fans out there, I absolutely adore every bit of this situation. I hope oh, it continues, continues through training camp. I hope that they just tell him, if you're not going to play, then you're not going to play anywhere. Yeah. And they just sit on him, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go do Jeopardy now. <laughs> I hope that all happens. We all, we all love it. Any, anything that happens has to do with the Packers' demise. We all love to see it. <laughs> have you seen the, I think it's someone's tied him to Denver because... His fiance lives in Boulder, so that's why you know he might yeah. go to the, the Broncos because she lives there. And I'm like, all right, I think we're stretching it a little bit. Like, yeah, okay. well, I'm all for it if it advances the narrative to get them. And then to I the saw what was a rumor? Yes, I think it was yesterday or today that uh, John Elway and <laughs> and Rogers were playing golf on the same course. Two yeah. different groups, same <laughs> course. So if, yeah. if Elway can pull this off. Um, it's going to feel like the exact he, same thing as he's, Manning. He's, the, he's Mr. Comeback. So, you know. Yeah, it would be the exact same thing as Manning in 2012 where you had Tim Tebow who had this Christ-like year, and but he was visibly a terrible quarterback, but he somehow won all these football games. But Denver folks loved the guy. Yeah. And the yeah. only diplomatic way ever to displace Tebow was to go get like <laughs> the third best. Manning. Yeah, go get the third best quarterback of all time. And it worked wonderfully um, in terms of a political standpoint that Elway could just say, just forget about this Tebow weirdo and go with Manning. And they ultimately won a Super Bowl because of defense, not Manning. Mm-hmm. So if there, if Elway can do this again, even though he's allegedly not the general manager, uh, it would be it would be just a complete redux of uh, the Manning stuff. And frankly, I wouldn't care because it would not be with the Packers. <laughs> right. And poor, poor Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he gets out of Carolina, <laughs> thinks he's going to Denver, compete for a starting job, and then... You know, Aaron Rodgers might come along, and then he's going to be like, ah, "Damn it!" Like I was, I thought I was going to be a starter, and then, you know, he's in the same situation. Maybe he was with the Saints. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater, his his time as a starter is probably near yep. the end. Yep. Anyways, he had his, he had his chance last year. He could have could have made some some moves, but they did yep. not. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this question. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if you can. Maybe give me an answer. So the last time the Vikings truly had an elite defense was in 2017 when they made it to the NFC Championship. Because they had, you know, they gave up like the, the 15 points a game, yep. third downs. They gave up like 10% or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my question for you is, do the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl in 2017 if Kirk Cousins is the team's starting quarterback instead of Case Keenum? I really... No, I, nope. I, I, okay. I don't I don't think the way that things transpired in that Philadelphia game, even though Keenum finally, you know, uh, turned into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it would have been wildly different with Cousins because it was the first game 
uh, in recent memory at that point that the defense decided they weren't very good mm-hmm. anymore and mm-hmm. they had the, mm-hmm. the miracle hangover. Um, so no, I because I to say that Cousins would have drugged them to the Super Bowl would be to discount what Keenum did. Right. And Keenum was just playing that playground football and it oh, worked. Yeah. And he he's he has more escapability than Cousins. And I think he he masked an offensive line that year that wasn't that great, but it looked pretty good because uh, Keenum get away. So no, I'm I I wouldn't say that you no know, Cousins would have been the arbiter uh, in the Eagles game that would have saved everything. He, he probably would have played better because uh, he he knows the Eagles playing for mm-hmm. Washington. Oh, but I'll never God that game. That's another one I I'll never forget. I was sitting. Did I was, you go there? No, no. Um, my buddy on the Vikings podcast, Ron, did, mm-hmm. and then it's, they got stranded there. <laughs> they couldn't mm. leave. Uh, <laughs> but I'll never forget. It was like the I, I had been in my uh, in my house here for about three or four months, <clears throat> and we were watching that game. And then Rudolph scored. Mm-hmm. And I think we held him on defense. And mm-hmm. I like looking at my wife, and I, like my tear ducts were starting. I was like, "This is happening. Like <laughs> this is actually gonna happen." You know, believing in it, like feeling like things in my body that I hadn't mm-hmm. felt about sports since like Kirby Puckett hit the home run. <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah, and then it just went to hell. And you know, then I just got really salty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so no, I don't think Cousins would have done anything remarkably different. Um, but uh, I I do have high hopes for. For this upcoming season yeah. and that 2018 defense was pretty good too cousins does oh deserve, yeah does, does deserve some blame for not capitalizing on that team but there was there was no dalvin that year which would have been awesome um they but yeah what, way too much yeah with defense, yeah though. what i hope and i think we've even talked about this um when we used to do the show every week is that just once I want a defense that's close to that 2017 supremacy with a healthy Dalvin cook. Okay. And then the offense that we saw, and then like 40% good special teams. Uh, that's, that's what I want because I really think that that's the way that this team can get to the Super Bowl. And the problem with Zimmer is that they never all click in the same year. It seems like though they attacked a lot of their weaknesses this year. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of their special teams coach. They got rid of their kicker. You know, that's still the kicker's still a little wor- worrisome because he got a guy in there and or two guys, I guess now that not yeah. so not so sure about. But you know, it's not like Dan Bailey was knocking everything down. And then you know they had pieces of the offensive line. They mm-hmm. souped up the, the defense real good. You know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are coming back. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. You know, they stuck with. Clint Kubiak, same offensive mm-hmm. system. It's going to be pretty much um, Daniel Hunter's coming back, Anthony Barr. So there's a lot <laughs> of positives yeah. to be excited about. You just hope that they stay healthy. You hope that, you know, something something weird doesn't, like like the kicking game isn't what holds <laughs> them back as it usually does, in, uh, at least in the Zimmer era. Um, obviously, a couple years before as well, 1998. Um, yeah. I think even, even with uh, the kicker thing, uh, I think you you joked a few months ago that you know why don't we just trade the farm for Justin Tucker and I w- I still would do that and <laughs> be done with this. But I, I I kid you not, if it was week one and Tucker got up there, we'd all feel a little bit of butterfly. Miss like, four kicks, yeah, like, we're, oh, yeah. He'll miss the first extra point, and then we'll be like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so I think it'll take a very long time before we get that out of our system, and it's just because. Uh, this extra point garbage just is nonstop. Yeah, yeah. why do they have to move it back? Come on, we we were having a hard <laughs> enough time, you know, with it where it was. We didn't need yeah. to move it back. Uh, but that'll do it for us tonight. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, uh, that yeah, that's Dust D U S T Baker B A K E R. Um, that's the best place. That's that's almost 
got 99.8% Viking stuff. And then franchisetag.com, that's the national site uh, that we run with about 15 talented uh, guys and gals. Uh, So, yeah, just do that. And then you'll see if you go to Dust Baker Twitter, you'll see me retweet the franchise tag stuff. And then uh, this coming week on uh, Wednesday night, Christian Derisaw will come to the Believe in Vikings podcast when you host with Brian McKinney who, by the way, was a left tackle for a decade. Yeah. He's got influential ties to the organization, and he can say, like, yo, I was the left tackle for a decade. Why don't we get this new left tackle on? So it's a noteworthy occasion for our, our show because we've never had a current Vikings player on. We had Anthony Harris, which was close, and then we've had the Legends, but this will be the first time um, that we have an active player, so we're really going to try to butter him up so we can you know, <laughs> have the rest of the team come on as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, your your co-host also hosts some interesting uh, party nights too as well in, in Miami. <laughs> when, I saw that. So so Sally found that and sent it to me <laughs> in Twitter messages, and we both thought the same thing. We we're like, oh, that must have been from like two thousand three. No, it was from like two weeks ago, <laughs> and it was just a uh, a younger picture of him in in the naughty event, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I do that? And we're like, all the power to you, man. So he's still got that love boat in him, oh, yeah. and I, lo- I love it. Oh, yeah, that, that's, they, he owns it. Um, but yeah, lots of good guests on there. I like uh, hearing what those guys have to say. Really, I think I've really enjoyed when you had like Troy Williamson on to get like his perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people have heard his perspective mm-hmm. on everything. God, he was um, good. Yeah. Or he, on the show. <laughs> on the show, he was great. <laughs> he was great for the Vikings. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then you've had, I think you've had Adrian Peterson on there, you had Randy Moss, so lots of good guests on there for sure. Go check that out. I've had Justin Jefferson on here, so you know, you still got to get him on there. Oh yeah. Um, and Delvin Cook's been on here before too, so you got to get him on there. Yeah, we got to, you're raising the bar. There you go. do Do you know Jordan Reed? Do I know Jordan Reed? Yeah, he used to, I wrote with him, oh, like... Moving up, I knew him when he wrote for this website called the Vikings Bar Room, and then oh he, yeah, and well like, do your do yourself a up. favor and get him on your show because that guy is oh, so yeah. com- so compelling. Like I I I just listened to him and I'm like engaged in what he's telling me, and that's a rarity. Um, I mean, not that I just don't listen to people, but when he no, talks, yeah. it's like he's storytelling, oh, but yeah. it's all fact based. So if if you can swing him on, he's he's very uh, cordial too. So I bet you he would accept. Oh, I've you. I've had him on before. Oh, um, you have. Oh, he's okay. written for. He used to write for the Viking Age. So, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> long, right long time ago, he used to write, write, write for us. Um, and obviously, he's doing much bigger things <laughs> these days with his with his career. I'm happy, happy for him. Every time I see him doing something going on, like K Fan and everything, I'm like, yeah. look at this. He's on. I think he was on Vikings.com. I'm like, look at this guy. He's <laughs> yep. making moves. But uh, thanks again for coming on. Make sure to follow Justin. Not Justin. Make sure to follow. Dustin, we're talking about Justin Jefferson, so <laughs> it uh, slips in there. Uh, subscribe to his podcast, the Believe in Vikings podcast, once again with with Bryant McKinney. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.